You're very welcome back to News Talks on the Record. Kieran Cudahy with you until one o'clock. Now, yesterday, the Kildare town of Athai continued the process of unveiling the Athai Music Trail. This is a brilliant local initiative that honours musical stars from near or far with a connection to the town. And it's example an example of a, a local history project that's really taken off and it's got international recognition. Uh, but just what is it about Athai that could produce so many great connections and musical moments and could other towns follow suit? Donald Fallon is here to answer some of those questions. Donald, how are you? Good to see you. Good to see you as ever. Uh, it, I've driven through a tie. We used to play this game where we uh, used to stop at the traffic lights and I guess how many people would be in Supermax. You used to have to guess. <laughs> it was on the road up to, to Dublin for Kilkenny, so I can't count the amount of times I've driven through a tie. Uh, I didn't realise it had this rich musical heritage. Uh, this is fantastic, this story. I really, really like this because it's an example, I suppose, of people doing something, taking their initiative and doing something very, very interesting with history. And the idea of this music trail, I think the reason it's, it's, it's so good is in the days of the motorway, we can drive from one end of the country to the other without passing through towns anymore. And I think it's increasingly important then for, for towns all over Ireland to find their own kind of identities and their pulling factors. So the idea here is unveiling plaques right across the town, more than 20 plaques across the town, honouring both kind of magic moments there in terms of concerts and international music acts that pass through the town, but also people who have family connections to the place. And in essence, what they've done is they've created a new heritage trail. I think that's just, that's just a brilliant, brilliant initiative. When you say connections, like we claim anyone. We do. Someone, <laughs> someone who's like opened an atlas on the page of Ireland. A bit of Irish first, in them there. First black American president, yeah, we'll have him, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we take basically yeah. anyone. Yeah, and there is a tendency of cynicism, and some of it is justified towards the Irish diaspora. The eight granny twice removed, the, you know, the Irish soccer team rule, the Irishness of some people across the world may, may be dismissed outright. But there is something emotionally very powerful about aspects of the Irish diaspora story. And I mean, this is we're not talking today about a petrol station named after a US president. Not that there's nothing wrong with that petrol station. We're talking about people with very direct roots to the soil. You know, we're talking second, first generation Irish people here. And the names are, are remarkable. Manny, you know, from, from the Stone Roses and Primal Scream. Uh, Johnny Maher, who later had to rename himself Johnny Maher for reasons we'll get to, of the Smiths. Johnny Cash, now, not that they're claiming Johnny Cash is one of their own, <laughs> but Johnny Cash played a, a now legendary gig uh, in the town of a tie. So we had Johnny Maher in town this week to unveil a plaque honouring his connections to the place and a whole series of others. I mean, I think there's something like two dozen more to go will be unveiled in the weeks and months ahead. Uh, Athias has rich history as well that a lot of people might know about. It's not a massive place. You know, it's the sixth largest town in Kildare. Uh, I don't think that's worth a plaque, but according to the 2016 census, 9,677 people called it home in 2016. So presumably a few have come and gone and a few have been born since. We imagine it, it remains more or less the same. And true history, I mean, it's connections to people like Ernest Shackleton, uh, Lord Edward Fitzgerald of the United Irishman, the Citizen Lord. Uh, and a very important role is a mad little story in the history of motor racing. Uh, the first international motor race ever held in the UK and Ireland went through that town, which was the, the 1930 Gordon Bennett Cup. So there's an awful lot of angles to the history of that town. And I would suggest most towns in Ireland, you know, if pe- local people mm. sit down, you could do a trail on the basis of economic history, political history, social history. But this town has specifically gone with music. Johnny Marr, as we mentioned, was there. Uh, are they commemorating? Is it like musicians or is it events or what are they exactly commemorating? I, I think there's two very distinct different things going on here, two different narratives. And one of them is, you know, concerts that happened in the town and the other musicians with ties to the place. And I would bet anyone listening to this slot, you know, who lived in a town that once had a sizable dance hall or even a cinema or a parochial hall or a ballroom 
has heard, you know, whispers about local concerts that enter legend. So when I lived up in Cabra, it was always the Ramones. <laughs> the Ramones played the local cinema. And everyone of a certain age either claims they were at that gig or talks about the sight of these punks making their way into the doors of the local cinema. And Atai had the Dreamland Ballroom, which was a magic place. It was opened by the Reynolds brothers, Jim and Albert, and of course the Reynolds family. We only had the tragic loss of John Reynolds recently, Albert's, Albert's nephew. Uh, but the, the Dreamland Ballroom was just amazing. And, and the brothers, the Reynolds brothers, were the kings of the ballroom in the show band scene. When they opened that place in 1961, they could pack them in 5,000 square feet of dance floor. And it was there for 20 years. And one of the first kind of great gigs that ever happened there was Johnny Cash, 1963. He arrives in a tie on this electrifying tour of Irish venues. Women are trying themselves at them. And to put it in context, like 1963, that's five years before that live album from Folsom Prison. So Cash is a young performer at his, at his pinnacle. It's the year that Ring of Fire is released. And he's so confident in himself. 1963, he, released, he releases a best off that year. Now, I don't know how many best offs Johnny Cash had over subsequent decades. Yeah. But that man probably released more best off compilations than most acts will ever release albums. And his visit to the town uh, is part of this heritage trail. His eldest grandson actually went to the town and very beautifully, because I'm always interested in memory and, and space, he performed in the same venue that Johnny Cash had played in. Oh, that's amazing. But like Johnny Marr then, to come back to him again, his is a more tangible It link. is, because Cash passes through. And how many venues did Johnny Cash pass through in his lifetime? It's probably in the tens of thousands, if not the hundreds of thousands. The man never stopped. Johnny Maher, by comparison, I mean, legendary guitarist of the Smiths, went on to brilliant things with bands like Electronic, Modest Mouse. Uh, and both of his parents were born in the time before they made that leap to Manchester. But in a brilliant twist of fate, there were, there were so many Irish exiles in Manchester that the drummer of the Buscocks was also called Johnny Maher. And Manchester wasn't big enough for two Johnny Mahers. So Johnny Maher is created out of that. I suppose the Scouse and the Mancunian Irish in, in Northern England, they both struggle to find their own identities. And the closest city to Dublin is Liverpool. Yeah. Manchester, Liverpool and Ireland uh, are all on top of each other. And Johnny Maher writes about that. He says, you know, I feel absolutely nothing when I see the Union Jack except repulsion. I don't feel Irish either. I'm Mancunian Irish. So this kind of kind of strange dual identity, feeling part of two things but not entirely belonging to either. That was also there in other acts like the Gallagher brothers, you know. But in the case of the Smiths, I think it was absolutely astonishingly there because of the eight parents of the four members of the Smiths, only one was not born on the island of Ireland. So wow. in many ways, you know, the Smiths are as much a band of this isle as they are the neighbouring one. And that reflected itself in a, in, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, there's great stories about the Smiths touring Ireland. And Mike Joyce, the, the drummer, he remembers that when they played in Galway, every, every Joyce in, in Connacht seems to have showed up at the gig just to cheer him on. In, in Dublin, it was Morrissey's relatives from Crumlin. You know, the influence of Oscar Wilde in, in their iconography. And even musically, there's an Irish influence there. You know, please, please, please let me get what I want. One of the saddest Smith songs which is an amazing achievement itself <laughs> yeah, because yeah. there's not many happy ones. But please, please, please let me get what I want. That was originally titled The Irish Waltz. And Mar says, if you listen to that song, you can hear the influence of the kind of the Irish ballads that he was listening to as a young man in Manchester. And Atai and uh, Johnny Marr had links to another great Mansuni act that we haven't mentioned so, yet. Like five doors down the road <laughs> in Atai uh, comes another family who, who make an interesting uh, contribution to the Mancunian uh, musical scene. And some people will dare proclaim that the Stone Roses are the greatest band Manchester has ever produced. They had that, like the Smiths, they had that moment in time. Both of these bands are interesting because they kind of had youth subcultures mm. around them. You know, Smiths heads and then the then the tie-dye t-shirts of, of the Stone Roses years uh, and Manny from the Stone Roses and Primal Scream is in the town 
uh, next Saturday, the 10th of November, to unveil his plaque. And not only did his family come from the same Kildare town as, as, as Mars, but Johnny Marr tells this great story about his mother. Uh, my mum said to me, I hear that Nancy Farrell's boy is in a pop group and they're doing really well. I said, who's that? And she said, it's Gary, the bass player. He's in some group called the Stone Roses. <laughs> so these two families knew each other in a Thai county Kildare and still knew each other when they made that leap over to Manchester. One went red, one went blue. Uh, Manny United, Mars City, but otherwise still close. And, the, the, you know, the story of the, of the Irish in London is often told in terms of just how difficult it was and the homelessness and mm. uh, and the kind of the toil and the building sites. In Manchester as well, it was tough at times. It was at times, yeah. I mean, depending on what was happening in, in, in terms of, of the IRA's activity and other things. And Noel Gallagher writes about that very beautifully. He says, I remember the 70s constantly being winter. and Ma- It always rains in Manchester. Yeah. It's the only place that's wetter than Ireland. I remember the 70s constantly being winter in Manchester. And the Irish community in Manchester closing ranks because of the IRA bombings in Birmingham and Manchester. And in the eyes of some people, the Daily Mail, some of their front pages come to mind uh, instantly. The Irish were like the enemy within. But I think the contribution of second generation Irish people to the cultural output of that particular city is extraordinary. You know, Morrissey, Mar, the Stone Roses, even in terms of on the football pitch, Manchester United. Uh, And frequently, both of those people, Mar and Manny, were returning to this Kildare town in their youths. So it's a real tangible link that's being celebrated in, in, in both cases. And I don't want to detract from, from towns like Moneygall and Barack Obama. That's a massive connection in terms of the scale of that, you know, the president of the United yeah. States of America. But Obama had never set foot in Moneygall. You know, these are people, until, until he came here on that visit, these are people for whom Irishness was a fundamental part of their identity growing up. Manny even could describe himself as an Irishman with an English accent. So uh, who else is getting plaques then? Lovely plaques ahead. Liam Ogo Flynn. He's come up a few times on the slot in recent times. Uh, He was mentioned a fortnight ago. We're talking about Seamus Ennis, the Piper. Liam Ogo, of course, eternally remembered as the Piper of uh, Planksty. And he was unrivaled in his time, produced a very beautiful album with Seamus Heaney, the poet and the piper, maybe the finest piper of modern Irish history. Uh, And in a six-month project, they plan on unveiling some 23 plaques, which is mad. You know, that's a heritage trail almost unprecedented in scale in an Irish context. And what I like about the idea is you could just arrive in a Titan, you could get the map and you could do this on your own, you know, as a walking tour. And maybe other towns should should think, God, could we do this? You know, could we create something like this? Uh, And it makes us think about these towns that we might just pass through all the time, counting the people in the supermax out the window of the car. (laughs) The the real joy of local history projects like this is that maybe next time you'll stop off and go for a walk. All right. Look, Donald, thank you very much for that. Uh, Really interesting. Uh, As he said, uh, the next after Johnny Marr has been there and the next is uh, Manny from Stone Roses going to be there to invite his Stone Roses or the Smiths. Who is it for you? It's the Smiths. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And we had plenty of choice this week, plenty of choice to play us out. Before we get to that, to the Smiths, let me just thank uh, Donald, or thank you, Donald Fallon. Thanks to Jojo Cardozo on sound and the rest of the production team as well, Roisin Davis and Stephen Jordan. Off the ball, as always, is up next. Uh, So look, it could have been Johnny Cash or the Stone Roses. We mentioned Oasis or Primal Scream or anyone. It's going to be the Smiths. It has to be the Smiths, this charming man. i mm-hmm.